on dramatic impact. Actor Richard Lee C. tells us about collective creation, mask work, and portraying real people on stage. And from those shapes that we would generate, David would sort of mix and match and build movement pieces out of that. So we'd all come in with these raw materials from out on the street and the DI and, and just molded them together into pieces like that. Welcome to episode 21 of Dramatic Impact. I'm your host, Elaine Elrod. At long last, I'm presenting to you a fascinating interview I did with Richard Lee C., one of three actors who were part of the creative ensemble for The Invisible Project last year in Calgary at the High Performance Rodeo. The Invisible Project was a piece of original experimental theater in which the members of the creative ensemble immersed themselves in the world of a homeless shelter in Calgary and created an original play. The play is an amalgamation of the people they met, observed, and interviewed. Masks, which were created by Douglas R. Witt, are used in the play to present the homeless as we who are not part of their community tend to see them. In addition, during the rehearsal and creation period, masks that were created by the homeless community were used to help inspire the ensemble's creative work. The play also incorporates original music that was recorded around the drop-in center shelter where the ensemble did their research, and it's punctuated by powerful movement pieces. In Calgary among the homeless community, the drop-in center shelter is known as the D.I., you can hear an audio documentary about the play in episode 16. Episode 17 is a recording of the entire play. Episode 19 is an interview with one of the shelter clients who saw the play. And episode 20 is an interview with David Van Bell, the director and facilitator of the play. Check out the podcast blog at www.actingintheater.com for links to all of these episodes. Richard Lee C. graduated from the BFA acting program at the University of Alberta in Edmonton in 2008. Most recently, he played Max in Northern Light Theatre's fall 2009 production of Victoria Martin, Math Team Queen. He's also appeared in Unity 1918 with the Alberta Avenue Players, in Sprouts for Concrete Theatre, and in Work Plays for Alberta Workers Health Centre. As part of the 2008 Edmonton International Fringe Theatre Festival, he appeared in Anime, which was produced by Lucid Productions. His talents include not only acting, but dance. As you'll hear in the interview, his role in The Invisible Project involved extensive use of mask and physical movement. In addition, he and Cole Humeni co-created and performed an original dance piece called Man Dance for Next Fest, which is Edmonton's multidisciplinary arts festival of and for young emerging professional artists. Richard and Cole then brought Man Dance to the Expanse Movement Arts Festival in 2009. I hope you enjoy listening. So now I am here in the green room at City Hall in Calgary, and Richard Lee is with me. He's one of the three performers in the Invisible Project. And there's been two performances today. The first one was at the Drop-In Center. And um, we were there earlier today. And now this is the second performance. And there was a big crowd, wasn't there, Richard? 
Yes, there were 150 people, according to the count. So tell me a little bit about yourself as an actor. Um, How long have you been at it? How did you get your start? What's the focus of your career as an actor? Well, just most recently, I graduated from the BFA acting program at the University of Alberta. I've been acting, I guess, officially professionally since I graduated. I got into acting into high school because I got to kiss pretty girls. Uh, And yeah, that's... That's kind of my story in a very short summary. How did you end up down here in Calgary for the Invisible Project? Well, I saw the audition notice on the Theatre Alberta website, and it was listed by David Van Bell, and it said that he was a member of the One Yellow Rabbit Ensemble, and I'd heard quite a bit about that ensemble and heard it was a really cool ensemble to work with. David isn't a member of the ensemble anymore, but it just said he was a former member. And anyways, the audition was for a physical theatre show with masks, and it had to do with homelessness, so that just sounded very interesting, and I emailed him and asked for an audition, auditioned and got in. So when did you say you graduated from the BFA? I graduated last April, so April 2008. And before you started your BFA, had you done other professional theater? I'd done a bit of uh, community theater and some independent work, yeah. How does this relate to your other theater experiences? Is this a very different experience for you, creating a play with people outside of the professional theater community? Oh, absolutely. I mean... The actual creative ensemble was all members of the professional community, but all of our research and all of our interviews and our our rehearsal environment was all completely outside the regular theatre community because we based the show on our experience of being in the drop-in centre for four weeks in December. We rehearsed and created the show while volunteering and interviewing clients around that time. Could you just tell me from your point of view, how did that feel um, as an actor going into a project like this? It was a quite a learning experience because we're portraying real people, people who we've met and people who we've interviewed. You feel a certain honesty that you need to bring to the work. I mean, you should always try to bring some honesty to your acting, obviously, but I mean, literally you're seeing the person that you're portraying out in the audience and you just want to play them as true as possible and not exploit their story nor cover it up. Just give the facts, basically. What would you say was most enjoyable about this experience? Oh, there's quite a few things. I learned quite a bit about the issue of homelessness in in the very larger sense. In the more specific sense, I well, I got to meet some really, really interesting people. I mean, I got to to meet one of the clients that I portrayed. He was there on opening night. And it was just this surreal experience of speaking his words and pretending to be him and seeing him out in the audience and, and me thinking, Oh my God, I hope I do you justice. Wow, so um, which character was that? That was my first monologue, the guy who talks about the sterility of Calgary's downtown. So do you think that this experience will change you as an artist? I, I know that going through the BFA program must have shaped you quite strongly. And, and what about this? Will it have an influence on you as an artist? Definitely, definitely. I would love to look into more uh, performance creation, more physical theater, mask. It was great to look at a play that is about a very relevant topical social issue, but wasn't pedantic in its approach. It was more just sort of a fact-giving approach, which I really liked and I think is really informative and, and can really help spur on action socially. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, you never know. It's, it's always up to each individual viewer. I did speak to um, the DI client, Linda, 
and she'll be on the podcast and she definitely thinks that it's very important for them to be able to see and hear their own stories on stage. It gives them a sense of recognizing where they are in their lives. It's very powerful. I guess, yeah, the best that we can do is just give voice to people who may not have a voice in the larger public. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that's really important. Had you studied doing, you know, had you done mask work before? Yes, I'd done a bit of mask work in the BFA program, a bit with Jan Henderson, and I also did the clown and mask workshop with uh, Michael Kennard. And how did those workshops and those lessons relate to the actual experience of using mask in in the Invisible Project? They're great lessons. I'm so glad I, I had them coming into this project. Both of those experiences taught me just how much the body communicates, how much the body becomes the face when you're wearing a mask and the mask itself becomes like an eye. Could you kind of go into a little bit of detail and explain how it feels to an actor to use mask? Well, you you just have to become a lot more aware of the finer details of, of what your body is telling to an audience or what you think it's telling to an audience. You force yourself to become more physically precise and at the same time more relaxed. You force yourself to be... I'm just absorbing this. It, it, it makes sense. So you force yourself to become more physically precise and at the same time more relaxed. And is that very different from what you do when you're doing roles without mask? Not necessarily. Depending on the kind of style of show you're doing, it, it can be more of a talking heads piece. But I think that physical precision is important really in any role that you play, though, regardless of the style. And what about using the masks in the rehearsal process? Like, because the, the people listening may never have experienced this. So could you just give some sense of how the masks get integrated into the rehearsal? Well, we did a bit of just straight exploration in the masks. And it's really amazing how much the creators of the masks, because they were created by the clients, came into our own bodies without having met some of the clients prior to this. Our mask maker remarked that, We looked and moved so much like these clients who had made these masks, even though some of us had never met those clients. So there's there's a sort of energy, as magical as that sounds, a sort of energy that's just carried in through the masks. And when you kind of open yourself up to it, it can really, you can learn a lot. So you said you had done some independent work before. Could you tell me about that? I did a radio play that never actually got produced. I did uh, an independent film that was shot by some Grant McEwen students. And I did a community theater show out in Sherwood Park. And in this show, which is performance creation, you were part of the creation of the actual play. Tell me what that was like and maybe give me an example of how you contributed to the play or just something you remember about creating a certain moment in the play. Primarily, we worked just through observation. We'd observe people's movements, people's postures, people from the DI and also people just out on the street, people from all sorts of different communities. And we'd go back into the rehearsal hall and just sort of take on those bodies, take on those postures. And from those shapes that we would generate, David would sort of mix and match and build movement pieces out of that. And we'd so, so we'd all come in with these raw materials that we took up from out on the street and out on the DI and, and just molded them together into pieces like that. Today was a really unique experience of having the performance at the DI. Could you just tell me how it felt different to you in that performance than performing at City Hall? It was different in that 
well, all the information that we were giving was already known. It, it wasn't it wasn't anything new in terms of facts for the people working at the DI because it was all staff and clients watching. So they knew all the statistics, the general sort of street life. But at the same time, it was it was a really enjoyable for experience for some because it was hearing their voices heard and knowing that this was going on to the public. Do you think that you're going to want to do more kind of performance creation work with people outside the theater community? Absolutely. I would love to work with more performance creation that involves people from outside of the theater community because theater should be a reflection of our society. And so we should be going to other communities within our society outside of the theater community to get true stories and to get things that are relevant to what's happening to us today. And I'd just like to know a little bit more about how you chose to become an actor. Like, what was it that drew you into either acting or theater? What were you most passionate about? Just being incredibly nervous before going on stage and then just doing it and getting the the huge adrenaline rush. I was also quite motivated by my high school drama teacher, actually, Kennegrell Smith, who's just a lovely, lovely, inspirational man. And yeah, he definitely inspired me to to pursue my bliss, and my bliss happened to be theater. That's a great story. So what high school was that? That was at Harry Ainley High School in Edmonton. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to me after a full day of performing. I'm sure you're really tired. No problem. It was really great to meet you. Nice meeting you. That's it for episode 21. Because I'm in the startup phase of launching my own business, often seen New Media Inc., my output of podcast episodes has become more sporadic. However, I remain committed to and passionate about dramatic impact and will continue to produce more episodes. The next episode I have planned will be called One Big Massive Retweet. I'm borrowing the concept of retweeting from Twitter, which just means that I'll be spreading the word about other people's websites, podcasts, and books that help sustain my enthusiasm and passion for acting and theater. On Twitter, a post is called a tweet, and to retweet means to send out someone else's post to all of your friends and followers. So I'm just using the word tweet. It doesn't really have anything to do with Twitter. I'll also put up a page on the podcast blog at www.actingandtheater.com with a list of all these fantastic acting and theater resources. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time. <laughs>